Yo, hello everybody. Short intro. Thank you for listening to my podcast still. Today I have an episode recorded with GlitchCat. We talk about Kaizo Mario and Kaizo Mario speedruns a little bit. Since I started playing Kaizo Mario like two months ago, I got really into the scene and I really love and enjoy it. So I want to interview someone from the Kaizo Mario scene. GlitchCat was the person of my choice. Uh, he shared a lot of awesome knowledge. And if anybody wants to get into Kaizo Mario themselves, then this is the perfect episode for you. Um, we also talked about the speedruns of it. So if you want to like get some speedrun knowledge about Kaiser Mario. This is also the perfect episode for you. Hope you enjoy and have a good time. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Speedrun Education. My name is Flash and today I have GlitchCat with me. Hey GlitchCat, what what are you here for? Hi, what's up? I'm GlitchCat. I am a Twitch streamer, Kaizo Mario creator, speedrunner, and one of the principal organizers of ROMHack races on Twitch as well. Yeah, so you already heard if Kaiser Mario is today's topic and I think a lot of people have already heard of Kaiser Mario, like pretty much everybody who's around Twitch or has seen GDQ knows about it, but let's get to the basics. What is Kaiser Mario and what it's about? Yeah, so Kaiser Mario um, has, like you said, it's gotten really popular uh, in recent years, but it's actually been around for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, some of the earliest Kaizos showed up in like 2007, 2008 era, and essentially what is meant by Kaiser Mario, for those that don't know at all, is you can take the original, in most cases, Super Mario World. You can also do Mario 3, Mario 2, uh, other games, but primarily Mario World, load them up into an editor, and make something that's challenging, but also kind of fair and beautiful. And yeah. it's, because of course you could just make something that's just really, really hard and impossible and frustrating, but it's, it's kind of like the price is right. Get it just tough enough that you can play it, but not too easy to be boring. So it's, Kaizo is the style of making challenging stuff out of Super Mario, and that can have a lot of interpretations. Yeah, like the funniest thing, uh, or not funniest thing, but what, when people hear Kaizo Mario, they think, where's this word coming from? And it's like actually funny that Kaizo comes from Japanese and means like reinvention, or what? what's the exact uh, translation oh, of it? I, as far as I know, it's rearranged. Rearranged. Uh, and the, the original... So the, the story comes from there was a video uploaded by someone who's very mysterious named T. Takamoto who uploaded a video in 2008 um, that was just simply titled Making My Friend Play Through My Mario Kaizo. And to that, he just meant making my friend play through my rearranged Mario. But yeah. the word Kaizo was kind of fresh and um, it's just sort of ended up sticking with that genre. So it came to be that the word Kaizo, instead of meaning rearranged, has taken on this secondary term that means very difficult, deliberately frustrating Mario stuff. Yeah, so you already mentioned how it like basically all started with this like one ROM hack, and no, I, as far as I know, the creator of it is from Japan, and nobody knows what happened to him. Like he's not really in the scene anymore. Um, yeah. But yeah, the original Kaizo trilogy, like Kaizo Mario One, Kaizo Mario Two, and Kaizo Mario Three, are like. It, nowadays very very frustrating and wouldn't be like that cool if they would come out today but they set like the starting of, of all of it basically yeah yeah Ka the, the uh, kaizo one um i mean all the kaizos but specifically kaizo one went really viral after somebody else uploaded it um onto youtube that wasn't takamoto but someone took his video and uploaded that again and it came to kind of typify a lot of the conventions, the invisible blocks out of nowhere, having yeah. to spin jump on enemies to cross pits and things, and making you do a lot of stuff that regular Mario would never make you do that. It's way too absurd. Um, and even though, yeah, today it kind of looks quaint, 
like someone's first album they recorded in their basement or something, but mm-hmm. it still has this this really influential place in level design, and it, it started off a lot of things kind of accidentally, but it nonetheless you yeah, can trace it back. That's that's like the coolest thing. It was like not really intended to create an entire new video game genre, basically out of Kaizo Mario mm-hmm. world. But basically, because of it, we now have a Kaiser Mario community, and every time someone makes like a more difficult ROM hack or version or modifies a game, they always tend to call it Kaiser because it all comes from Kaiser Mario. Like even in Celeste, we have like custom maps. They are also called Kaiser because they are like so much more difficult than the original. Yeah, yeah, I really like how the just I think the word Kaiser itself is kind of getting more and more into the public consciousness. Yeah, and being used as a shorthand for the top of the top difficult video game. And I, I like that. I'm cool to share that word. You know, it's, it's not just for Super Mario World. I'm totally cool to, to, you know, share that out and have other people use that same word because it always applies. You Because you can. You can have Kaizo Celeste. You can mm-hmm. have Kaizo Mario 3. You can have Kaizo anything, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of the idea that we're all taking these games that we love so much and reinventing them in our own image. And not necessarily every ROM hack is Kaizo, but every Kaizo is a hack, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that that's also one thing to mention. Like, the SMW ROM hack community is, like, pretty huge. There, and there are a ton of vanilla, just basic Mario, but looking more beautiful hacks. But there are also, yeah. like, a ton of Kaizo hacks by now. Like, nearly at 200 are on SMB Central, which is, like, the basic platform for all Kaizo or for all Mario ROM hacking. And it's, like, very beautiful to see how much it grown over the past years. So yeah. how about you? How, how did you get into all of this? Like, t- tell us. Um, well, I had always... I mean, I, I've, I'm a lifelong video game fan. I played video games since I was a really little kid. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've been involved with a lot of competitive gaming communities and stuff over the years. I've done a lot with, like, high score, old school gaming... I was active on Twin Galaxies like 10-ish years ago. I'm not anymore, but I was. Um, and in, I mean, I've always played Super Mario World. It was one of the first games I got. Uh, I got it in 92 when I was a kid. <laughs> and I played um, for, you know, most of my life. I've really gone... I don't think I've gone three months or so without playing Mario World, like at some point throughout my whole life. Um, and then around like 2000, 2008, 2009-ish, I started to see... Um, some of the old viral Mario World videos, uh, the automatic Mario levels that played themselves, if you remember those. Um, mm-hmm. The original, the Mario Frustration video, if you guys remember that, with the, um, the Goombas! Goombas killed me! It do some push-ups! Hey, Mario! That was like an old-school uh, viral video that had like frustrating, hard, modified Mario. And then the original Kaizo video, too. Um, I think in 2008, it, I, I might get the date wrong, but I remember playing through Kaizo 1, on ZSNES on a keyboard yeah. with save states. <laughs> and I concluded at the time, I thought, well, nobody could probably beat this. This is probably impossible. I, I don't really think this can be done. And, uh, oh, yeah, it can be done. <laughs> it can be done and, uh, a thousand times more. So, yeah, I kind of got – I got started streaming on Twitch with Mario Maker. Um, and I did Mario Maker 1 for a year, year and a half or so. And then I kind of went home. Because I had already, I had always played Super Mario World, mm-hmm. did some Mario Maker, learned a lot, got involved, and then kind of went back to ROM hacks, and I've been there ever since. Yeah, I think like what happened for most of us is to to watch Kaiser Mario being played by by someone, but with save states. That was like my first introduction to it. Like, there's yeah. a German 
YouTuber who actually played like through all Kaizo games in like 2012 or 2014. Um, I don't know when exactly, but he played yeah. through all three also with save states, and that's how I got into it. And I was like, also, this looks like so ridiculous. Every jump is like so tight that could never be done without save states. But now, now, nowadays we know definitely better. And I think the yeah. first, the first time it really got um like out to the public and viral was when Dram did his first Kaizo Kaizo Mario World One speedrun at GDQ. Yeah. That's like yeah. basically when the entire speedrun world realized, hey, that looks ridiculous, but it's it's actually doable. Yeah, Dram was a big trailblazer. Um, I remember also watching his GDQ VOD when I was learning how to RTA Kaizo Mario. This was like before Mario Maker One came out, mm-hmm. and in order to learn Kaizo One on console, I watched. I was watching Dram's run, so that was kind of cool. Uh, and then it was, it was actually kind of cool too because. Uh, because, you know, Dram was the big trailblazer for a lot of Kaizo, and he did the first Kaizo GDQ run. And then the last time when we ran Quickie World, Dram was on our couch. So that, that felt real cool to go, like, full circle to have, like, I watched you, and now you're watching me, like, yeah. in the same way. So that, that was cool. I really, big, big shout-outs to Dram. He's uh, just as cool as the legend says. I've met him. He's a, he's a wonderful human being. That Dram, wonderful guy. Yeah, you already mentioned, like, watching one guy and then a few years years later you you are you are the runner yourself so t- tell us a little bit more about the kaizo community because i in my opinion like the especially the kaizo mario community has so many very very lovely people and i feel like it's one of the communities where it feels the most as a family because of mario colosseum for example and, and all that those different things like always when yeah. gdq is around you guys do something as a group on, on the stage basically nowadays so it's like really cool so tell us something about that because i'm really excited to hear something yeah i i mean i'm really grateful that the gdq has embraced us especially being not necessarily a traditional speed run um that when we've done the uh, like the Mario Maker presentations or um, the blind ROM hack races, that we're not we're not doing a traditional speed run where okay we're racing through a game or we're completing a game. It's it's almost more of an exhibition. And they did used to do like blind races and stuff. Um, they'd had like mystery game race where they'd get four people up and race some unknown game, and it, mm. we had some laughs. Um, and I kind of feel like the Mario blind races are the evolution of that for them. Um, so I've, I've always just been really grateful that they've embraced something a little bit non-traditional, um, a little bit, you know, they're, they're willing to go outside the, this is a speed run, you complete the game, here's the timer. And, and they're willing to embrace like high skill in other areas. Um, MMC, I think has done a, a world of good, uh, super honored to be a part of that always. Um, I think it's really fun you know, not only like, I mean, all the fun of the event for audiences to see us all hanging out and we get to do, I think was something we've always talked about with MMC too, is that like, it's not, I think part of our strength is that it isn't the traditional speed run thing that we can have funny stuff. We can have presentations, mm-hmm. we can have showcases, we can have two player one controller runs where we're like yeah. swapping hands, <laughs> wearing hats and stuff. And like, I think that represents the Mario community in a nutshell really well, because we're, we're weirdos, like straight up, we're weird. We're always looking for just something silly to do. The ROM hacking, especially Kaizo, is all about branching out. And, and well, okay, we do it like this, but what if we did something way over here? And I, I like when that spirit can go out for everybody, too. Um, I've, just been, I've just been really grateful, man. There, there's a lot of really cool people. And I think since it's all about making something and building and then your friends play it, 
that it's been very collaborative, that the the default way that we interact with each other has been to help each other out mm-hmm. to talk about things because there is that player-creator relationship all the time with Mario. Unlike other games maybe where we all have the game and then we all run the game. Where like, no, like I'm running something that my friend made and it's way, it's like more of a direct connection. Nothing wrong with running real games, of course, but you you like, I know the dev, he's that guy over there. Yeah. To be honest, you, you mentioned one thing, real game. Uh, in my opinion, like some ROM hacks feel really like re- real games at this point. Like Rampo yeah, World that- 2 is literally a real game and also like Invictus or Ultra Kaiser World, like all these huge huge rom hacks are like real games in my opinion mm. or like actually like any like hack that's like somewhat inventing something new trying something new is like a yeah. real game for me yeah the bar has been set really high yeah um, that's that's so true i think yeah getting into making your own rom hack and still being new and amazing is has become like so much more difficult in the last mm. two to three years well there's also been a lot of tools that have come out i mean back Back when Kaizo 1 got made or, you know, older times, there, we didn't even have the fast retry patch or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, like, you know, shout outs to, like, World Peace and people that had, had just made these quality of life improvements. Like, the ROM Hack Race's base ROM now has tons of little quality of life improvements that just make things easier. We can flip munchers upside down, even. Like, that was a big thing. <laughs> uh, you know, fast retry, uh, no start select, no screen scrolling was a thing. Um, so there's been a lot of improvements to the base game itself that allows the bar to be raised a little bit more that we we have more tools to be more professional now yeah let's let's actually talk a little bit about these tools and how to make even like how are these hacks created because i think many people out there know that kaizamari is a thing but don't really know where to find it where could they play them themselves where could they eventually make their own hack for their friends or for the internet to make so go ahead (laughs) <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, so there's a program called Lunar Magic, and it's been around for a long, long, long time, and it's actually still getting updated. They uh, just recently, I think a year or so ago, they put out a new update with some new features, and Lunar Magic will allow you to take a ROM of Mario World on your device and open it and start to rearrange it. You can delete all the things in a level, put new things in a level, um, you can rearrange the, the overworld, you can change what levels, you can change what it looks like, the colors, the graphics. You can do a lot of stuff with it. And then on top of Lunar Magic, there's also ways that you can add extra code. Um, it's called ASM or assembly code. And you can add in extra stuff to the game, double jumps, moon physics, you name it. We're, we're kind of at the point now where if you can dream it, it we could do it in Mario World. Um, it's really, it's pretty incredible like that. But you need to use Lunar Magic in combination with other ASM um, in order to really make something big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's... Yeah, Lunar Magic um, is basically like the the first Mario Maker, like in that sense, I want to say. Yeah. Like I, I knew about Lunar Magic for, for a very long time now, and then they made Mario Maker, and I felt like, hey, that's like a really fucking great idea that they made it. So, speaking of Mario Maker, because I think a lot of people also realize what Kaizu is through Mario Maker, because it's like so much more open to the gaming community. Yeah. So, uh, tell us how that helped on the growth, and what eventually are the difference between SMW Kaizu, or Mario Bros. 3 Kaizu, and uh, uh, Mario Maker. Because yeah, sure. a lot of people tell me that there's a big difference, but for the public eye, it's it, like consistently, people ask those questions. On sure. 
Sure, yeah. I think Mario Maker was a really good... I mean, Mario Maker gave us a lot of it was a jump start. Um, you know, I, I had known about Lunar Magic before Mario Maker came out, but Mario Maker, I think, gave us all a chance to... It made it easy to build levels. Yeah. You can you can draw really easily. You can just make it make some stuff, and you don't. Lunar Magic does have a bit of a learning curve. You need to learn some technical stuff. Watch a tutorial. It it takes a minute to figure out how to do what you're trying to do sometimes. But Mario Maker is of course you know supposed to be really easy to use. Um, I think the first thing that Mario Maker really did was there were two things. One, it gave us the opportunity to try making levels, and seeing how other people played them. And at the beginning, I mean, I was there when Mario Maker 1 launched. I was on Twitch for the early years of Mario Maker. We were all really bad, okay? <laughs> like, we were all really bad at doing this. We really had no clue how to, you know, the, all these rules of good level design that we have. Now, we didn't have that. We learned all those, and we had this big conversation for a long time. Uh, the second thing Mario Maker did was it gave people a chance to build themselves training areas, if, if you wanted to practice shell jumps or something uh, before Mario Maker, you'd have to go to a spot in Vanilla Mario World where you could practice shell jumps. But now, you could just make yourself a room with Koopas coming out of a pipe, and you can send there all day. So we all built these practice rooms, and we all just had a chance to just get a lot better at the game really quickly because we could focus on specific skills and do a lot of experiments with tech and items and things. So in the first, I'd say... Four or five or six months of Mario Maker was when we all kind of went from like bad to being like, oh wow, we're getting very good. Um, mm -hmm. But I think ultimately Mario Maker, I like to describe it like Mario Maker is a box of crayons, and Lunar Magic and ROM hacking is like the whole craft store. You could draw great pictures with with crayons, um, but if you want to do some cross stitching or mm -hmm. make a wooden cabinet, like you cannot, you can't do that with crayons. So. It's Lunar Magic is more difficult to use, but is more powerful. And Mario Maker is more simple to use and easier, but you have less options for what to do. Um, both styles can make really incredible Kaizo levels, and um, that's not a dig at all on the really amazing Super Mario Maker 2 Kaizo levels that have been coming out. There are some really talented players that do really yeah. cool stuff with that game. Hey, there are, there are players like who played for for several years now like obviously for several years like you have told you, you tried this since like 2008 2009 it's it obviously takes a long time to get that skill but it it sure does look amazing so uh, before we go into more speedrun focus questions i want to ask a few more other things because maybe people uh, want to get into Kaizo ROM hacks on on SMW or into um Kaizo levels in Mario Maker so what how do they start there? How? What do you prefer? Like any tips? Just go straight ahead, so people can watch at this episode and think, "Hey, I want to get into Kaizo." That's how. Yeah. Um, okay. So if you want to get into Kaizo, here's here's the play. <laughs> First of all, um, check out the check out the original Mario World again. I know that's not everyone's favorite tip. Everybody wants to run right to Kaizo, but. Go ahead and play through the original Mario World again. Do it on emulator. Do it on regular. The, the reason I, I always suggest that is you can learn a lot of stuff. You, you might get better. You can always learn something from the original game. And mm -hmm. you're going to learn just little things about enemies, how enemies work, how different blocks work. Just play through again. Play through Vanilla Mario World again. That's the first start of your journey. You can then check out, um, or at the same time, you, know, you can check out Lunar Magic. You can download that. You can open up Mario World in Lunar Magic and just look around, move some stuff around, see how it works, 
watch a couple of tutorials. Uh, I know Barb has a really good tutorial for yeah. Lunar Magic on YouTube. Um, you can check out romhackraces.com. That's our community website, and we have a Discord as well, the Romhack Races Discord, um, where you can get information about hacks and Lunar Magic, how to use it, what hacks to play. Uh, I have a clear uh, list of Kaizo clears and recommendations for that newer players as well. That list is very good. I will, I will link that, or you can link that uh, Yeah, I will link want. that, but that list is like my personal favorite out there. Oh, thanks, thanks, yeah. <laughs> I use it as a resource for people because I know people are checking it out. Um, so there, other, other players have lists and stuff. There are more lists out there, but I think mine is pretty comprehensive, mm -hmm. um, and I try to specifically have recommendations for new players. So like some hacks you can look up. You can go to SMW Central and start downloading uh, some patches, and you don't have to follow the list, but my thought is that if you learn the fundamentals, you're going to have a better time. And, and, and one thing I can say to new Kaizo players is if, if you want to learn Kaizo, my best recommendation is that this stuff can get really frustrating. It can be really hard and really frustrating. And you're going to do yourself a favor as a player if you learn the basics first. I know that everybody wants to do the super sexy triple shell jumps and spin around and do all the tricks. I, we all want that. We do. But it, imagine that you don't know how to ride your bike very well and you're going on a loop around. You know? <laughs> you're just going to fall over. And sure, yeah. you could learn how to ride your bike by continually riding down that ramp over and over again. But you're really going to get hurt and you're going to have a bad time. So my recommendation is learn how to ride your bike first. It's not as sexy, but... If you get really good at riding your bike, then you get to do all the cool stuff you want. So take it slow and treat it like like a playing a musical instrument or like or something like skateboarding, BMX, snowboarding, something like that. It's very extreme sports. If you learn how to ride your board, then you learn how to jump, then you learn how to flip, then you get to go down the big ramp. And think of it like leveling up your skills and don't be afraid to take a lot of time on the basics. That's that's my advice. Yeah. One thing I personally like to add to this is, like, if you seriously try to get better, don't just stick to the easiest hacks for too long, if if I am allowed to say that. Because I saw this phenomenon in, in many different games where, like, there are a lot of difficult levels, but also a lot of easy levels. If you just keep playing easy level, easy level, easy level, you will never learn something new. So that's why I personally try to always step up uh, on ROM hacks a little bit. So after each ROM hack, I, I can say to myself, hey, even though it took me like 30 hours to play through this all, I at least learned like a new movement hack or I at least got a lot more consistent with something else. And I, I think Glitch can, 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 uh, yeah. can say the same. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's a really good point. One thing that I too would personally say for new players, and you might hear a different story from others, I would personally say, don't be afraid to say that you cleared something, but you really used save states, that's not cool. But if you practice with save states and then go back and do it mm -hmm. legit, that's totally cool. Don't be afraid to try alternate ways to practice. You don't have to just keep hitting your head over and over again. Definitely do like you said. Play some harder stuff. Step up. But when you do, don't be afraid. Watch a video. Get some advice. You don't have to do everything blind. You don't have to just keep hitting that wall, especially if you know you're a learner. And mm -hmm. I think that would – because, I mean, my, my thing is I want to help people get good – so they don't get frustrated because I know this stuff can be really frustrating and I know it's always going to be like that. But if you get good enough, then you can have fun with it. And that's I want that fun to come through. You know? Mm hmm. Yeah.
Yeah, I think I think we've covered the points so perfectly. Yeah, I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know if if we should move over to the next one. <laughs> um, How you want to so uh, this is actually a speedrun podcast, and we haven't talked anything about speedrunning. So, uh, what is so special about Kaizo games? You speedrun them as well. Like, why don't you speedrun just regular Mario World, for example? Um, well, honestly, I, I'll be real. I, I mean, I do speedrun some Kaizo games. I have some, some world records for Kaizo. I, I speedran um, some stuff at GDQ. Um, but I'm not super, super big on Kaizo speedrunning. Okay. Um, that, I mean, you, you it, it's definitely valid. You definitely can. Um, I think the thing for me, the reason why I'm not so in, I like beating Kaizo games. Because to me, it's it, you beat the big challenge and then you did it. But when I run back through, what I really like about speedrunning is uh, I like glitches. I like abusing the game. I like breaking the game. Okay. I like going through walls. I like you know really like skipping content. I'm the mm-hmm. I like ace and stuff. I, I like glitch cat. Right, that's me. Yeah, I um, want to say that's why why your name is probably glitch cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like I like the breakage. And my problem with Kaizo runs, which it's 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 not shade on Kaizo runs, I, I very much respect the the time and energy, but for me, too many intended strats. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, I just I just run through the game. You don't, you know. And something else I like about speedrunning uh, is 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 routing. I like figuring out okay, what's the optimal way to get through this. But with a Kaizo run, you just do the obstacles. There, there's you know, I mean, there's a little bit of routing sometimes, like Thousand Halls and Grand Pooh World Two yeah. has some routing. Um, but for the most part, you just beat the level and don't die. And I, um, I like it a little bit more when I, I can, you get to do stuff on top of that. That the run is presumed to be deathless, and then on top of deathless, you're saving all this time by doing trickery. Um, I do have some Kaizo speedruns, and I, I like I, said, I definitely think it's valid, but I'm not as much of a Kaizo speedrunner. Okay, as uh, as maybe the next guy. That, that, then I'm happy that we that I planned this episode more on talking about Kaiser than on Kaiser speedruns. <laughs> um, we can talk about speedrunning too. I, yeah, I, 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 I do. We, we will. Running. We will. But first of all, because I have personal interest, like what else do you speedrun? Because I I personally oh. only know you for Kaiser. Yeah, I um I speedrun a couple other games. I also do a lot of high score stuff, or I I used to. I mm-hmm. don't do as much these days because high score runs tend to be kind of long and obscure. Um. But I speedrun my, my game is Cool Spot. Cool Spot for Super Nintendo. Uh, okay. I ran that at GDQ 2018 at SGDQ. Um, mm-hmm. I took about a minute off of Darbian's old time, which was cool. And him and I became friends over that. So that was that was nice. Um, speedrun Cool Spot. I have a time on uh, Micro Mages. It's a homebrew NES game. Um, that's really really. It's like a new NES game. Super fun. Um, I like to speedrun the game Wiz for Super Nintendo. Um, it's a, it's a really obscure one, but it's really cool. You're a little rabbit in a top hat. You run around a maze. Um, I think I'm I've thinking about getting one. into some other other stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, th- I think I've seen that game actually, but I'm, I'm not. Yeah, sure. Wiz is cool. Um, I'm kind of picky about what I speed run because I really like. I have to like it. You know, yeah. I really if, if I'm gonna sink the time into this game, um, and I really have to like it. Otherwise, I also have like I'm Quickie World One. I have I still have the world records for Quickie World One. Um, that's a Kaizo. Jigoku two, uh, I did. I ran Sheffy two for a little bit, but I stopped on that because I just didn't feel like going any farther with it. Um, and I'm trying to think. Oh, I have a time on Ducktales. I'm like eighty fifth place the, or something. The game, the Game Boy game. 
No, the NES DuckTales. Oh, okay. The ND DuckTales. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I remember that race from, from, from GDQ. It was actually on the highlight video on 2020 GDQ, I think, as well. So, yeah. Uh, so, ca can I ask the question, like, why do you speed, like, what is then the biggest, that you already told it, but would you say Kaizo, like, what is the excitement for Kaizo speedruns to, to ask it like that? Because you said you are more of a glitch person. So, what would be reasons for people to run Kaizo instead, uh, on the other hand, because it's like less glitchy and less routing? Sure. Oh, it, it feels amazing. I mean, you know, take a look at, one of these hard, I think something that I've heard um, guys like Laser Belch, Noble Tofu, who do a lot of runs, um, you know, something I've heard them say a lot, which I, I definitely agree with, is that like you, you take this game that took you eight hours to beat, 10 hours, 20 hours, mm. and then you run through it in 45 minutes. Like, wow, all yeah. this stuff that used to be super hard. Um, you know, if you practice a Kaizo enough, even though you are doing the intended strats and just going through it, those intended strats are super difficult and it feels really fun to just blast through this incredibly hard game. You're doing shell jump, spring, up, down, spin on something, and you know that whole path in your head. Man, it feels great. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like Jigoku 2 is one of the biggest, longest like Kaizo world records that I have. Um, and that game is so difficult, but it just it's such a cool feeling. Uh, Grand Pooh World 2, another good example, just blasting through this really hard stuff. Um, I, I can definitely see the appeal in, in that way. And it definitely takes a lot of, uh, a lot of practice, a lot of uh, mental fortitude to be able to deal with, okay, so you're 30 minutes into a run and then you die. Oh, geez, I'm not even going to be on a good run for 30 minutes. And mm. that gets rough to, to deal with mentally. Um, there's a lot of, it, it's a very, it's a very tough type of speed running. You know what I mean? You run Kaizo, you're like, buff you know you gotta tank some damage uh i I, res I respect it very very much i think actually in in the same direction uh at least in the beginning celeste goes because celeste when you play through it it's like also a really hard platformer that's not as hard as kaizo but it's like still a lot of people it takes several hours to beat through the yeah. game no so that's hard I've, I've played it beating it too it's a tough game for sure yeah and uh then speedrunning it and seeing you beat it all of a sudden in like 30 or 40 minutes it's like yeah it's ins insane feeling so i can definitely I, I can relate to that as a celeste speedrunner um yeah. you you said it's it's like tough and mentally and i think that's one thing i just like to talk about because Many people may overlook how much of a mental thing speedrunning can be. Um, what, one thing I always hear when I watch Kaizo speedruns is the death spiral, like dying and then just getting back on track is like so difficult. And uh, yeah, let, let's talk about that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's since Kaizo is so much more, I mean, take a run like, oh, I don't know, Mario 64 or something, where you, in Mario 64 or in Celeste or something, you don't want to bonk. You don't want to bonk. Never bonk. Bonking mm -hmm. is bad. Every time you bonk, you lose a couple seconds. Don't ever do that. And it's kind of easy in that regard to you're running through a run. Oh, I bonked a little bit. I didn't die or anything. But ah, oh, crap. I bonked. Ah, oh, geez. You know, lost a second or so. All the bonks in Kaizo <laughs> are deaths, and that's what and that gets rough, right? Yeah. It, it, you know, you might. It, I, th I really do think it's a lot of like having to replay the same obstacle. That Kaizo is is so much dependent on consistency. That if there's a hard trick at the end of the level, a good run on that level might be you dying three times on that hard trick and then beating it, right? 
But that means that when you get all the way, die on the hard trick, and then go back, you still need to be really good at the first part of the level. Whereas a run like maybe Celeste, well, I, mean, I know you die a bit in Celeste, but like uh, something like Mario 64 is a really good example. I mean, good Mario 64 runners, they don't die. You never yeah. die in that run. All you do is bonk. And if you're running through a level in Mario 64, you could have a terrible run. You bonked on that one edge, you missed your jump there, but you didn't die. And eventually you just did one shot and completed the objective. And so you're not starting at the beginning replaying and then mm -hmm. go back and replay it and then replay over and over again. And that's something that's really tough about Kaizo, I think, is just unless you get through this obstacle, you don't get to do anything else, right? In Mario 64 or some other game, if you bonk, all right, well, I missed the skip, so I'll go around the long way. And something about that I think is like, at least in my opinion, is like psychologically easier to deal with than die, reset, die, reset. So, okay, I bonked, but all right, I'll do better next time. And it, it gets really punishing to just be sent back over and over again and not get to save a lot of your progress. Um, that's, that's something I think in the mental game that specifically distinguishes Kaizo speedrunning from other stuff. I mean, there are other games that aren't Kaizo where you die a lot, and, but um, like, I, like yeah. all the I want to be the guy games or whatever, but mm -hmm. like it's, it's very different from a run where it's presumed that you're never going to die and just you don't want to bonk or make any little tiny misstep. I think because you just mentioned I want to be the guy, I think the biggest difference between that and Kaizo is, for example, in Kaizo, when you die, you get reset by like 20, 30 seconds, like to the beginning of the level or to the beginning of the checkpoint. Uh, the same goes for I want to be the guy, but there the reset is not that big. It's like still most of the time in the same room, just a couple of jumps, not like uh, half of a level or entire level if the level, for example, has no checkpoints. Yeah. So yeah, that's like you see that that the big minus uh, plus mark on your timer and you feel like uh and like every kaiser speedrunner when they die in the first level they just reset the run automatically like yeah <laughs> that that shows yeah. that like you want to avoid deaths as much as possible and i also think that's like the reason when like when in kaiser speedrun you also try to just not to 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 do faster strats uh, when it's like doable but your biggest goal is still like to just not die and if you have a deathless Kaizo speedrun, that's like for most Kaizo games, like automatically a really good world record, I think. Like only for yeah. the maybe very easy ones, it's like, yeah, you can beat it with faster stress, but for like everything on average to difficult, uh, difficulty is like, yeah, that's world record if you don't die. Yeah, there's, there's only a few Kaizo games that I can think of off the top of my head that are deathless or very close to deathless. Yeah. Um, for the majority of Kaizo speedruns, yeah, if you can just if the world record died eight times and you die six times, world record for you. Yeah, um, pretty there much. are some games that aren't like that though. Um, Quickie World One specifically, my time on Quickie, uh, the any percent and the hundred percent run, um, it has to go way beyond deathless. Um, games that are getting close to that are like Dram. Dram One is getting really close yeah. to that. Um, also, Invictus with Calco's time having like three deaths or whatever. Oh, that's um, that's impressive because Invictus looks like also like a really tough Kaizo. Yeah, and in some cases, like in some games, like Invictus, where it's down to two or three deaths, um, you know, one death could be more costly than two easy deaths. Mm -hmm. If you die twice right at the beginning of a level, that's better than dying at way at the end, end of the level because of the you actually level. Lost time. <laughs> so sometimes death count can be a little bit unreliable. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, don't die in Kaizo and you get the you get the record. Quickie one specifically, um, you need to do a ton of time saves on top of Deathless. But 
there's not a there's not a Kaizo one also that's another one that's really optimized. Okay. Dram and everybody worked that game down really far. Uh, Kaizo one, Invictus, Quickie one, and Dram one I think are like some of the most optimized ones. Okay. Nice. So, so there you heard like really good Kaizo. Like for example, Quickie World One is like one of the best Kaizo games to start with. So I just want to end this episode with, like we already talked about it, but what games should you pick up when you want a speed run and when you just want to play good beginner ROM hacks? And I think with that we have like a nice, well-rounded episode, and then we could eventually jump to uh, viewer questions if if anybody has some. Sure. Um. Yeah. Some some recommendations of mine. Um, like I said, the, the original Mario World, you can never play that game too much. And all the Kaizo Masters that you know, we all spent a buttload of time with original Mario World. I like Quickie World 1. I like Quickie World 2. I recently came across this new hack, uh, Super Take a Break World. It is amazing. Great for beginners. I recommend every beginner check out Super Take a Break World. It's it's just amazing, amazing. Um, for a little bit harder stuff, I really like Akagare. Yeah, uh, that's my Boy Boy my, World is really my fun. game right now. Yeah, Akagare is really good. Um, you know, also too, there's some really good stuff in Mario Three and Mario Two as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, small shameless plug, but Return to Subcon by that Glitch Cat fella, the <laughs> Super Mario Brothers Two hack is pretty fun and approachable, and it's it's easy without being insane and difficult without being insane you know um trying to think what else uh you know grand pool world 2 is always there invictus is always there one thing i would recommend it might be easier for newer players to play more vanilla styled stuff than chocolate at first because there's less to learn right mm -hmm. you don't have to learn how to use double jump and flood on top of all the other stuff you're trying to learn um but yeah quickie series quickie one two akagare um, Sheffy World 1, not Sheffy World 2, is really good for, like, shell tricks. <laughs> Sheffy World 2 is awesome, but it's way too hard it's for like starters. It's, like, one of the most difficult hacks out there. Yeah, d d like, Dota and Link Dead were intimidated by that, so to be warned. But Sheffy World 1 is really good for shell tricks. Um, and, uh, there's uh, some other shell hacks as well that are beginner style. Shell's Delivery recently came out from Miramatsu that was really good. And then, of course, you got Cape, like, Fly Me to the Stars... Uh, BK has a new K-Pack coming out called Let's Give Up that's awesome. Um, it's going to be great. Yeah, you see, like, the Kaiser community, if you're, if you're part of it, you have, like, so much awesome games to play through. Like, we have, like, endless ROM hacks, and there's so much more to come, like Grand Pool World 3 and basically Invictus 2 or 0 0.5, however Jessica is going to name it, are, like, two of the really big ones coming up. But, yeah, there's, like, endless stuff to play. And we, I actually want to close the episode, but you just named one thing we haven't explained. What what means vanilla and chocolate? Are, are these like ice cream? Oh, yeah, oh definitely. <laughs> and they're delicious. Uh, <laughs> vanilla tends to refer to anything that was in the original game. Um, so all the, you know, if, if you just go into the game and rearrange everything, you've made it vanilla. If you take something from outside the game that wasn't there before, like blocks that disappear question boxes that blow up, Yoshis that explode, uh, you know, something like that, then you've created chocolate, which is not, you know, which is outside the vanilla game. And the blending of those two things makes for a delicious ice cream treat that you can have on a hot summer day. <laughs> okay, and with that, I think we, we end the official recording. Hope you, everybody, uh, liked the episode, and thank you, Glitchcut, for being here. Yeah, and, great stuff, uh, Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was really cool. I had, I had a lot of fun, and yeah. See you, everybody, in the next episode. Bye. Bye.
Yo, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, I, as I said, I play currently Kaizumario myself, so if you want to see and experience someone struggling through Kaizumario themselves, then go check out my stream. I would really appreciate it if you if you find Kaizumario more interesting after this episode. My stream is is a good place to to look out for if you want to see someone grinding out Kaizumario. And yeah, for next week, I have an episode planned with Simply, who is going to talk with me about SM64 competitive speedrunning and a mindset of a speedrunner. Yeah, I think I said everything. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to get into Kaizu yourself, then go check out the description or yeah, go check out my stream. I will, I will lead you <laughs> to a good start of Kaizu. Um, also in the description, there is the Kaizu list from Glitchclad. That's also a good start. Or a good place to start. And yeah, thank you for listening.